You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem Yisrael 5782, 2022. This week we don't have a parsha. We do have the holiday of Pesach, and I'll share with you some thoughts from my Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Per, about the holiday of Pesach. The important introduction that he gives in speaking about Pesach is that he was about to begin a uh, three-part lecture on Pesach, and he he said that he was unsure if it was the right thing to speak about Pesach. Why? Because if you look around, there are so many Haggadahs, right? There's so much to say about Pesach. It's perhaps the most common safer that exists within literature, within Jewish literature, is the Haggadah and the many explanations, the many thoughts that people had throughout the generations, through thousands of years. The ideas that have to do with the with the Haggadah, with this telling over of the amazing story of HaKadosh Baruch who's saving the Jewish people, etc. All the different aspects, the nuances of the Haggadah, of the, of the Seder, of the details that we have. And he felt perhaps the idea behind that is that each person has their way and their connection to the Haggadah. Each person has their connection to Pesach. This is the foundation of the Jewish people. It's the exodus from Egypt. And so each person has to relate to it in their own personal way. And as we'll see from what he says in his own Haggadah, right, Paris Haggadah, so we'll see that it relates to each one of us individually, of course. The Geula, the redemption, is something which happened to us nationally, but it's also something that happens to each, each and every one of us. This redemption happens individually. So speaking about the Haggadah, sharing one's thoughts, really it's our obligation or it's our experience that has to explain and define what the Haggadah is, what it means to us, how it relates to us, what our personal salvations are. So it's not necessarily something that I can hear other people's ideas per se. I need to think of it in my own way, understand it in my own way. Nevertheless, Rabbi Per did go on to speak at length, and he also put out his own Haggadah. And of course, I would explain that as, you know, we each of course, have our own experience of the Haggadah, but we need to be, just like on an individual level, we have our redemptions, but it's really part of the broader redemption of the Jewish people. So too, when it comes to our understandings of the Haggadah, you know, we can have inspiration, we can get some thoughts from elsewhere, and we can try to be inspired by other people's thoughts and come to our own, perhaps deeper thoughts of our own, how it relates to us, etc., but it's a it's a personal experience. That's the bottom bottom line. Bottom, you know, when it comes down to it, it's a personal experience. The Haggadah, and we need to each have our own experience. But let's let's hear what Merish Shiva says to repair, and we will perhaps be a little bit inspired, perhaps extend it to ourselves. You know, try to create something new as well. So I'm going to share with you something that he writes here, and I'm also going to share with you another thought, which I heard on another lecture that he said over. We say, we begin the Seder, Halach Ma'anya, we look at the, the matzahs, the special matzah that, it's bread that has no leavening in it, it's flat, it didn't rise. And we say, Halach Ma'anya, the Chalav Son of Ardem Yisraim. We say, this is the Lechem Ma'anya, the bread of affliction that our forefathers ate in Egypt. But then, at the end, at the end of Halach Ma'anim, Rosh Hashiva points out that we end off Hashat Ha'achal Lishanah Ba'ar Yisrael, Hashat Ha'avdi Lishanah Ba'Bnei Chayin. Now 
we are here, meaning in Gullus, in our in our uh, exile. And next year, we should be back in Israel, right? So right away, we express our longing for Geula. We don't just talk about, in the Seder, we don't just talk about the redemption that happened then, but we speak about the future redemption. We relate it to the redemption that we're waiting for, which hopefully will be very soon. Coming back to the land of Israel. Hashata Avdi, now we are slaves, which means we are enslaved to the culture around us, we are enslaved to the to the kings around us, so to speak, the the governments, we have to pay taxes, etc. Hashata Avdi, next year we will be free. We will be rulers of ourselves. We will have our own country, we will have our own king, Melech HaMashiach. So really we speak about the, the bread we speak about it in two ways. We speak about it as the bread of affliction, the bread of that we ate while we were in Egypt, but it's also the bread that we ate when we left Egypt. It's also the bread which denotes our redemption from Egypt. So let's see what Marash Shiva says. Anumavaram We explained at the beginning of the Seder. Shahalechem Shalshibud Hugam Lechem that the bread which represents the the difficult bread that we had to eat, the poor man's bread that we ate, without any leavening, while we were enslaved, but it also represents the freedom from Egypt. It's appropriate, what do we say here? We say, and then in the middle of we talk about the bread, the, the matzah, and then we say, whoever wants, please join us, right? If I'm inviting people to join me in my Seder, that represents the freedom. And this teaches us that as we go through the process of the Seder, the purpose of the Seder is to get us to get us redeemed, to go through a process of going from enslavement to redemption. <coughs> Excuse me. The idea here, says Marash Shiva, is that included in the Geula of Egypt is all of the future redemptions. Including the future redemption, the Bias Mashiach, the coming of the Messiah, that we're waiting for. All redemptions are really the same thing. They're all intimately connected. They're all at their root the same idea. That's why we say at the beginning of the Seder, this year we're here. Next year we'll be in, in the land of Israel. This year we are slaves. Next year we'll be free. And again, slaves doesn't necessarily mean literal slaves like in Egypt. It means we are under the boot. We are under the power of the Umm Sa'ilam of the nations of the world. We say the blessing over one of the four cups, we say, we will thank you, God, and we will sing a new song for our redemption and for redeeming our souls. So all of the songs of redemption are, are a language of Nekeva, a female language, except for the final Redemption. When we speak about the song of the final redemption, it's a male language. What is the idea? There's a difference between the previous geulas, between the geul of Mitzrayim, 
the Geula of Purim, as opposed to the redemption that we will soon experience in Yisrael Hashem with the coming of Mashiach. What's the difference? It's, and it's indicated in the language that's used, is it female or male? Why? Because a female, she has pain when she gives birth to a child. And of course, the idea of giving birth is, uh, is it corresponds to the idea of geula, of redemption. Birthing a new reality, a new relationship with Hashem. The difference between all the other redemptions versus the final redemption is that the previous redemptions, we were redeemed, but we became enslaved again. When it comes to the final redemption, it will be once and for all. Okay, so that's why it's used, it uses a language which is male, because there's no pain of, of birth for the male. Okay, he, of course the husband is, is uh, in pain for his wife's pain, but uh, he doesn't have that same kind of pain. And therefore it's going to be the same thing when it comes to the final redemption. So, from the fact that we use a male language, even in reference to the Geula of Mitzrayim, why do we do that? The Geula of Mitzrayim wasn't, wasn't male, so to speak. It did, it did have Shibud after it. It did have some kind of, of enslavement afterwards. We did end up back in Golis, back in exile. So Rashi explains that the idea is because included in the original redemption is the final redemption as well. So there is an aspect of that final redemption which doesn't have any exile ever again afterwards. That's why we also have this concept that the night of Pesach is a night which is a special protection for all generations. Why? We were protected then. And we were protected in Egypt because we brought a carbon Pesach the, the firstborn of all of the Mitzrim, of all of the Egyptians, they were killed. We were protected. So why are we protected even today on this night? Because this night, the original day of redemption, which we come back to every single year, that night contains within it the root of all of the redemptions. So this is a night when we have redemption. We have redemption over and over again. This is a new year, a new redemption from our tsaris, from our difficulties, from our challenges. And ultimately, it's going to be when Mashiach comes, the Gemara says, or the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Dafir Aleph, Benisa Nigalu, Benisa Nasidin Nigal, according to one opinion, we were redeemed in Egypt, we were redeemed from Egypt in Nisan, in this month, we're going to be redeemed as well in the future time. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, I'm going to get into this. We can explain also, I'll just give you just without reading it inside, but when it comes to the Makis, you also see, was it one? Each one had really five, it really had ten, etc. However many there were in Mitzrayim, there was also a certain amount at the Yam, at the, at the splitting of the sea. But you see this concept of one thing at, the, at its root contains many more things, and it expands even further as time goes along. When it says in the Pasuk that we need to tell it over to our children, it's not just that we tell over to them what happened then. 
he says that at its root, right, at its root, we had the Makis, we had the redemption of Egypt, the redemption of the Jewish people from Egypt, which took place through the Makis, the plagues, they were what brought us out of Egypt. They were the redemption. HaKadosh Baruch Hu used the plagues to bring about our redemption. So those makos, those plagues, they expand and they extend out into time, into the future, into our times as well. Into any time when we have a redemption. Anytime we have a redemption, it's there's a maka. There's a destruction that occurs to the enemies of the Jewish people in order to bring about our redemption. I was thinking actually about, you know, why did Mordechai at Sadiq, in the story of Purim, why did he, it's very strange, the whole story, why did he have to not bow down? Why did, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have saved us, Mordechai didn't have to be there, Esther didn't have to go into the palace. If they wouldn't have gone there, Haman wouldn't have come out, he wouldn't have not bowed, and wouldn't have, Haman wouldn't have done all these things. What was the necessity of this whole story? And I was thinking that part of it could be connected to this idea that, we need a destruction of our enemies. We need to destroy our enemies. Haman represented Amalek, which is the ones who hold back the power from the Jewish people, who would try to thwart our effort to bring, bring godliness into the world. The enemies of the Jewish people need to be destroyed in order for us to be who we are, in order for us to be effective in the world as the leaders of mankind in spiritual terms. Those who block us within, from within the area of Rav, the negative forces within the Jewish people—they also, they need to be, they need to be removed before the Jewish people can properly fulfill our goal, fulfill our, our purpose in, in the world. So, my Rosh Hashiva is saying that it's rooted in that time. It's rooted in Mitzrayim. When we talk about Mitzrayim, when we talk about what happened in the, the Makkas, we're describing something that's going to happen in the future time as well. Something that happened in each of the Geulahs and each of the redemptions that we experienced. And it's something that's going to happen hopefully soon for the Jewish people when Mashiach, when the Messiah arrives, is going to be a fall, a plagues that come upon our enemies. It's very interesting. Later on we say, that the signs, this is the blood. The Pesach that's quoted is that I will place signs in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. Meshishiva points something out which is very interesting. That Pesach which speaks about the blood and the fire and the pillars of, of, of smoke, that's not a Pesach that it says, in Mitzrayim in Egypt, why are we quoting it in, in reference to Egypt? It's, it's very strange. So he says like this, it's speaking about, really what's he talking about? It's talking about Gagumaga, he's talking about the war of Armageddon, the final war before Mashiach comes, before the Messiah arrives. Right? One of the things that we do is we pour out a little bit of of, of our grape juice or our wine onto our plate, or we do it, we dip it our finger, put it on the plate. The idea is, he doesn't really say this here, but the idea is there's something called the cup of retribution. We we have these cups, which are filled with wine. We speak about, pour out your anger upon the, upon the nations who try to thwart the Jewish people's purpose. 
that's the cup of retribution which we speak about. We pour out a little bit when we talk about the Makkas, when we talk about the plagues, as they affect the Egyptians, as they affect the nations of the world. So, why do we do this? Why do we pour it out when we say these three words, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke? The Gros says, he brings the Yushalmi, Right? The reason that we have these four cups is because, indeed, of the cups of retribution that God is going to force the nations of the world to drink. So it represents the, the difficulties that they will endure, the destruction that will be caused to the Umasa'ilam in, in that time. It represents, if you want to understand, I know this is a controversial statement, but if you want to understand what's going on in the world when it comes to nations nations fighting against nations. Kodesh Baruch Hu uses people in his way of bringing about retribution and, and justice. Uses a nation against another nation. That's, of course, Jews are caught in the, in the, in the crosshairs, of course. We need to be mindful and, and pray for them. But, this is part of what goes on. This is this is what's going to happen in the future. So, what we see is that all of the future difficulties, all of the plagues that are going to come upon the nations of the world, they are rooted just like the geula for us. The redemption for us is rooted in what happened in Egypt. So too the plagues that are going to come upon the nations of the world in the future time are also rooted in that which happened in Mitzrayim. In Rakhizgalas Merchavis Shalomachas, it's just an expanded revelation of those very plagues. That's why it says that the, the, the signs are a reference to the mate, the, the staff that Moshe Rabbeinu used. Think about a staff a staff has branches coming out of it, right? You obviously you whittle down the staff in order to use it as a walking stick, but that's what it represents. The mata had written on it. His staff had written on it. The letters which represent the the plagues of Egypt and also the future plagues. The future as well. It's going to come out of them. Okay, so. This is an awesome idea. Last point. In, in, when it came to the, to the exodus from Egypt, So the Jewish people entered into the world of redemption. We are now in the world of redemption. When it comes to the Pesach, we are stepping into the world of redemption. And this is the night which is a night of protection to this very day. Right tonight, Friday night, we're not going to say the the special bracha which we usually ordinarily say Maginavos. On Friday night, we say every single Friday night. Why? Because we need to protect the Jewish people with that blessing. We don't say it on Friday night when it falls out on Pesach because we have already extra protection. Because we have all the redemptions that we need when we're stepping into this world called Pesach. 
That's why we also mention the future Geula as well. I'd like to share with you just one last thought, which I heard from a Rosh Hashiva Nashir, which was really Hashgacha Pratis, because it was a shear from, uh, it wasn't a Pesach shear, it was a shear from a Parsha, and uh, he mentioned something about Pesach in it. And he says as follows. He asks a question. We say Pesach, Matzah, or Moror. We speak about Pesach, we speak about Matzah, and we speak about Moror. Pesach, Ashuma. What is the Pesach for? Because we brought a Korban Pesach, and Hashem passed over. Pesach is also a Passover. He passed over our houses, so the Jewish people survived. The firstborns were not killed of the Jewish people, only of the Egyptians. Matzah, Ashuma. Why do we mention the Matzah? Why do we have the matzah? Why do we eat the matzah? What's it for? Because when we left Egypt, says the, says the Haggadah, when we left Egypt, so there wasn't enough time for their, for their bread to rise. They were running out. So the question that my Rosh asked is, well, why did it happen that way? Why did it happen? Why, why, you know, you want a good bagel. <laughs> you want a good piece of challah. As they're running out, why did it work out that they ate, they ended up with crackers? They ended up with a very thin bread. There wasn't any time for their butts to rise. What's the what's the teaching? What's the message of it? And why did it happen that way in that moment? So he said an amazing thing, a powerful thing, and it connects to what we read about in in his agada, because it's something that we need to know applied then, but it applies to us now. It applies to us now because our personal redemptions are all tied up in the original redemption from Egypt. And we need to know how we get to that redemption. How are we zeichet to it? How do we merit to have a redemption? So this is an amazing thing. He says, what is the idea of the lechem aini? What is it that this bread represents? It teaches us something very powerful. Because as we said before, the lechem aini was what they ate in Egypt when they were poor, when they were poor men, when they were slaves. But it's also the bread that they ate as they left Egypt. Because the idea is to teach us that the lechem oini, the bread of affliction, you want to know how you merit redemption, you want to know how you merit to become something great, a new nation, a nation which is special to God, it's through your difficulties. That's the Chiddush, an amazing, important, foundational idea. And this is a foundation of what Pesach is. Because we eat, we eat the lechem oini the entire seven days or eight days, we eat this. We eat the matzah every single day to remind ourselves of this very concept: that how do we get redeemed? How do we become a nation? How do we merit redemption on a national level, on a personal level? It's through our difficulty. It's through our challenge. It's through our. It's through that that which seems like, hey, I wish this wouldn't be going on in my life. That very thing that you wish wasn't going on in your life is exactly why all the good things come. It comes because of the challenge. It comes because of the difficulty. You've got to stick out. You've got to stick it out. Through the challenge, through the difficulty. Eretz Yisrael's nickness be certain, they say, because I'll say, the, the land of Israel is acquired through challenges, through difficulties. People who move to Israel, they, have, they face challenges and difficulties. It's not so easy to move here. It's not the easiest thing. It's not easy to live here per se. But if you, if you live here, if you want to live here, you've got to know that that's a redemption. 
Living in, living in Israel is a redemption. This is where we belong. Every single we were saying next year in, in Israel, in the land of Israel, this is where we ought to be. This is where we have to be. This is where the Jewish people belong. But to get to that state of redemption, you have to go through challenges. Oh, it's hard in Israel. That's what people say. Of course it's hard. That's how you get to redemption. It's a message for us that every single Every single moment, you want a redemption, you want to get something good, you want to have a relationship with Hashem, you want to have parnasa. you have to pass through the hoops of fire. That's the way. That's the message at the beginning of the Jewish people as we are being redeemed. And as Menashe Shiva added another important point, Hashem is doing these open miracles, but at the same moment He's giving us a hint, a quiet, a quiet hint. So we also know that there's sometimes open miracles and there's sometimes hidden miracles. But how do we get those miracles? Those miracles come because of our challenge, because of our difficulty. As Hashem promised Avraham, they're going to be strangers in a strange land. They're going to be, um, they're going to have an inui. They're going to have very hard times. Afterwards, they're going to leave with an incredible wealth. Physical wealth, spiritual wealth. I want to bless you, ask you to bless me, Hashem should help us. That we should understand, find the places where we have our personal redemptions, find our own personal understandings of the Haggadah, find our own way of relating to the Haggadah and the Seder and relating to the amazing redemption that Hashem did for us then and see how we are also experiencing redemption today and we should know, Hashem should help us to recognize that the challenges that we experience are truly there for our good, are truly there to bring about an awesome redemption on a personal level and hopefully soon on a national level. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Chag Koshavah This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.